Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited Podcast, where we instantly watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theater. Your Movie Masters today are the scene. Hey. Brent. Yeah. Dylan. What's up? And I'm Colin. Uh, we got a fun little batch of flicks for you today. We got uh, we got John Wick Chapter 4, The Lost King, and A Good Person. A little threefer that we'll cover in that order. Uh, always uh, have to let everyone know that we have an email that we can be reached at if you have any questions, comments, uh, pithy remarks, life advice. Your uh, movie masters seven six zero at gmail.com. That's movie masters seven six zero at gmail.com. Hit us up and uh, let us know if you want uh, your name read on the air. Otherwise, we default to anonymous because uh, your privacy matters. That's why we recommend you use NordVPN. <laughs> NordVPN. Use promo code movie. No, we don't have a VPN yet. Talk to VP. You mean a sponsorship. Yeah. I talked VPN at the shop with some kids that came in and we're talking about a the Style Council documentary, which I didn't know existed. I was like, how do you watch that? They're like, it's not in America. We had to use a VPN. I was like, oh, did you use a promo code AVGN and get 10% off? They didn't get it. So <laughs> one day we'll get the promo code. John Wick Chapter 4 is a movie. Got this guy Keanu Reeves in it. This is... Uh, Man, respect. I, you know what? I like these movies. John Wick movies respect the intelligence of their audience by making very dumb movies. And one thing that they also respect is normal sequencing. Mm-hmm. Chapter four. It's the fourth movie. <laughs> Happened after the third one. Yeah. It's not like John Wick. Redemption. He's back at it again. <laughs> <laughs> John Wick. Back for more. Yeah. No, it's just chapter four. You got the same director, Chad Stahelski, who's done all the other ones. Keanu, all the all the gang is back. It's the last entry for our legend, Lance Riddick. Rest in peace. God tier actor. Um I've I've tried to explain the John Wick verse to people who haven't seen it all. And it's like it starts the first movie's like kind of a simple revenge story, right? And then basically each movie you get deeper and deeper into this world of assassins and uh, sects within the assassins guilds and this international network of assassins and everything. And so this movie is just further down that rabbit hole. We're getting more deep into it um, with no real resolution. I don't feel, I think they're always kind of open-ended and could keep going. Is each chapter is a consequence of the previous one, maybe. Sure. But I mean, it's also just, uh, you, you're learning more about this world about this network of, of, gangs and you know families and all that my real curiosity in this film and and again it's not this is all just really thinly veiled excuses for crazy action sequences right we're comfortable not nitpicking the finer points of like the plots of these movies or the premises or what happens to these bodies when they get shot and all that like we're just cool with me like yeah action think of it like a video game sure bodies disintegrate yes I am worried that their definition of Kevlar will actually get people killed <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah, see things like that. I'm like, whatever. It's 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 fine. We're, we're nitpicking, but the 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 bone that I keep sticking with these movies is that like, there's all this money in these 
uh, assassin networks, right? But mm-hmm. it's like I've yet to see the John Wick movie where there's someone does a regular job, like, hi, I'd like to hire an assassin, please. Like, he's just a local guy. Can you just have him killed, like, for $10,000 or how much? Like, uh, there's this never... I don't know how they make money, is what I'm trying to say. You understand as an abstract. Well, you only get the glimpse into the, the John Wick's life. You know what I mean? Like, whereas, like, there's all these, like, networks of apparently thousands of people that are sure. normally taking people out. And, and Wick himself, but prior to when we meet him, killed a lot of people for money. But given the amount of opulence and luxury you uh-huh. see in, like, every nook and the cranny. Continental. Yeah. And, and that's something we could talk about as far as, like, the look of this film. Like, the, the marquee guy. Our homie, um, Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård's terrible French accent. <laughs> right? You know, this bougie French guy. He's got, like, nice stuff everywhere. And, and it looks cool. It's effective. Nice, luxury, opulent stuff. Mm-hmm. Good set pieces, right? But uh, I don't know where they get the money for this stuff. It can't be that many assassinations going on all the time. It could be what the kids like to call generational wealth. I mean, because these are families. Sure. In the marquee sense, sure. But like with the uh, hotels and stuff, like these motherfuckers just throw down gold coins and ledgers and. I don't know that they're gold. Oh, whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just symbols. Those aren't tokens. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah, let yeah. me in. But I I don't know how these how these people make money. when And given that we've had four movies that have only really expanded on this world and gotten you deeper into like the byways of all these guilds and stuff. You'd think that would come up a little bit more often, like the price on John Wick's head. He he is in bad with these guys just perpetually, and so the money, the price on his head just keeps going up. But it's like, where where do you guys have this money from? I don't know. <laughs> That's my weird sticking point. I know. I'm just saying. I th- I think I would. This wouldn't bother me if we hadn't. If we weren't on the fourth film. <laughs> I just need to see some, and maybe in future installments we can get some more boots on the ground, like foot soldiers assassinating people getting some money, giving the guild a kickback. All right. And does the numbers seem off? There's a lot. There is endless amounts of people who are trained murderers in every major city who will just risk it all. And like every homeless person is an assassin. Oh, my God. There's so many. (laughs) There's so many. There can't be that many people who want murders done. (laughs) No, no, it's a a buyer's market. (laughs) Absolutely. Which only they all have to be assassins. They could just be like thugs of some sort. And then it's like, hey, that's why it's a big deal when it's like, hey, there's this open contract. Anybody who wants to kill John Wick, you can do it. I think all the other, like the smaller guys are just like criminals. All right. Working class goons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like they're all murderers, but they're all going to try for $26 million or whatever. So we're only seeing... You, you, so your premise is that this is just a larger criminal organization. Yeah. Oh yeah. And because you yeah. see, like the the higher up uh, murderers, right? <laughs> are a lot of them are like just bodyguards, you know, of really important people, and so that's why those like boss fights happen. Yeah. They're like the really skilled ones, so I don't think they're really hiring them out. But it's like at the same time, you know, you watch Sopranos, they'll they'll steal some TVs, <laughs> you know, like well, because that's you have multiple episodes in one season and then multiple seasons so of course you can get the minutiae of it all yeah, yeah. i guess uh yeah it's a, this is just like the highlight reel like literally true. the highlight reel true this guy this uh this director guy you know these are the only movies he directs makes sense really? to me yes he is is he's done a million stunts for everything including the matrix which is like oh yeah that's why he mm. knows all these people and can keep getting him to come back and he was do like stuff. hey that was fun right he's uh, he was in the crow 
He was the stuntman for Brandon Lee. Yeah. Weird. Heavy, right? But as far as directing behind the camera, was it <laughs> just John Wick movies? He's like, look, I know there's one thing in this world I know how to do. <laughs> Fucking great. I think that that's got to be why these work, right? Yeah, like, I think so. It's just a singular focus of mm-hmm. this guy. And, you know, he's obviously must be super nice with Keanu and all that to get him. Because these, these do seem dumber than a Keanu Reeves, at least public persona, right? Oh, way dumber. Yeah. And not really like positive. No. Like, again, I respect the movies because they don't try to push like a kind of morality or anything. I don't know what. Not at all. <laughs> like, like, is there a. Did you guys. Be nice to dogs? Yeah. Ve- <laughs> vengeance is bad, probably. But I will kill you. Yeah, but also, <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going. Also looks really fucking cool. It's like anti-cigarette <laughs> commercials where it's like, ooh, these are so bad for me, but they look pretty fucking cool, right? Yep. <laughs> that would explain a lot why he's always getting hit by cars and falling downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Those are very uh, stuntman, right? uh, stuntman jobs. Oh, yeah. He's probably gets all his homies work, huh? Yeah. Just mobs of people. Yeah. all the John Wick fights like 700 people a, a movie. Yeah. A lot of people getting some jobs. You know, one thing I was wondering about, though, talking about how, how these movies connect or something, they just ditched that Halle Berry character from the last one. Yeah. I mean, I, think, <laughs> I thought that's what, what this was going to be like, where they team up. And instead, there's a new dog in town. <laughs> they also could have had him team up with Akira after her father gets killed, but they kind of just abandoned that character as well. Well, I read somewhere initial cut of the movie was like, four hours long <laughs> so yeah. i'm pretty sure they were just like look let's get the main things in here and <laughs> how did you guys whatever. feel about the length i didn't even feel it really yeah i didn't even notice it was like that okay. long okay until afterwards yeah to me i it, i think it would have been annoying if they put in a bunch of like non wick verse uh type tropes or whatever yeah. into it like if now he has a new love interest or they're like diverging away but it is just like uh, if you play beat 'em up games like you know Streets of Rage and shit, it's just like there's more levels to it. It's not like you yeah. know you're it's playing just that overhead scene. That was yeah, that's the most video game movie scene I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like it's so it, you know to keep it in video game world, it's not like you're playing uh, Streets of Rage and then all of a sudden you have to like you know do a fishing and Minecrafting kind of. <laughs> there's no crafting. They don't change up the game mechanics. It's yeah. just more levels where you're going through places and beating up a bunch of people. And so it's like this movie just felt like more of a Wick movie yeah. <laughs> rather than like, here's some Wick and then here's some new bullshit we're trying or here's some like forced idea that we're putting in this movie. It's like, no, it's just a king size bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, these are uh, dumb movies that are just here for crazy action scenes. So it's like you can't really complain about more action scenes. Yeah. And they even do they do this really funny thing where it's like, I need to talk to this guy. Oh, he's dead. I'm the new guy. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, not skipping a beat. It's fine. Now I'm dealing with you. Everything is in service to moving this along. He has like 10 lines in the movie anyway. <laughs> Most of which were just, yeah. yeah. I love that stuff, though. <laughs> just the simplicity of it. Yeah. He is just singularly focused, and everyone's just like, all right, well, yeah. you know John Wick. <laughs> And old Wick again. What do you guys think of Donnie Yen? Blind guy. Is he? He was a blind guy in Rogue One too. Yes, that's yeah. what I yeah. that's what I thought. I was like, uh, he's not really blind, right? 
kind of weird that they're just like, hey, you can look blind, right? <laughs> I think maybe whoever wrote it or cast or whatever just watched Rogue One is like, let's have a blind guy in John Wick 4. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, me and Justine got recently introduced to the world of Zatoichi, the blind swordsman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, immediately upon watching it, I was like, oh, this is just, this is what John Wick comes from. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this guy comes into town and on some, we've seen four of these movies, like the first four. And, uh, you know, everyone underestimates him because he's a blind guy. They're like, ah, this guy. He's blind or whatever. And he's like, all right. And, you know, he kind of plays along with it. And it's just, you know, classic rope puzzle. You know, he just ends up murking just a copious amount of people <laughs> by the end of the movie. And it's just like, you know, a cool guy you like to watch. So when I watched the, when I saw the Zatoichi movies, I was like, oh, this is John Wick. And now they went a step further and actually included a blind <laughs> swordsman in the movie yeah. as if uh, a further a nod. nod. So, like, well, this is the last movie. So, let's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Really tip our cards. It's not the last movie. You crazy? It's chapter four. It's not the final chapter. They need, now they need to start using the, no, the words. No. <laughs> no, I think we're going to get these movies. Well, well, they are doing like the ballerina series, supposed to be doing that still. But actually, Lance Reddick was supposed to be in it. So I don't know. It also just made $75 million in two days. So yeah, I, I think there'd be a lot of pressure to keep going in some capacity. Okay. Question posed to the group, does Keanu need to be in a John Wick movie? I would want him in one. Of what course. What are you doing? I don't know. I would like to, to be in it, but in like a jigsaw way. Go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Either jigsaw or ghost uh, Billy from uh, Scream. Yeah, like in a mirror. Yeah. Yeah, I would like yeah. that. It's like from the book of Wick. But I would like it in my sense where it would just keep doing flashbacks. <laughs> of like times you've never seen before, right? And like it was, different it, perspectives from shit you're familiar with, but like you didn't see it the same way. Well, no, I would like it like let's say that girl from the the hotel, yeah. right? She's like remembering back when she was like 14, and John Wick just shows <laughs> up, training her. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. And she hated him even then. Yeah, yeah. And then in the movie, of course, like Keanu Reeves is like 10 years older than when he was in the movie. Yeah. Even though it's supposed to happen like 20 years earlier than the they scene. Just, they just shave off his stubble. Yeah, he's still dead. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps getting older. Well, then they can be like, oh, he was sick. Is that what they do in the Saw movie? Uh, in, J- in the last one, Jigsaw, or not the last one, but in Jigsaw, they said, there's like pre-Saw 1. They show him, and he's all old now, <laughs> like he's current age, and he's like, I just got out of the hospital because I had cancer. <laughs> and it's like... Is that the one where he has his hat on backwards? No, that's that's 3D. Okay. Yeah. But um, in Jigsaw, they explain that he just got out of the hospital for having cancer. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> that's so, why he's all yeah. sick looking. Yeah. <laughs> but in the other ones, he's never sick. He has cancer. <laughs> he's just but much like, older he, then. He just looks about... What he looked like back yeah. then. Kind of a clever way of doing it, I gotta say. Saw. Want, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a very smart, like we talked about these movies being dumb. If you wanna watch a smart movie, yes. franchise, ten, a smart 10 movie run, just watch Saw. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the tracker? Like, what role did he play in the movie? Now that you've seen the whole thing, like, was he needed? Dogs. Yeah, just to bring a dog in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the whole point. Like a full circle from mm. the first one. Sure. And it's like, well, some, I mean, yeah, there's some correcting thing. Cause the first, I think it's maybe to give facial reactions at the end. <laughs> We're right. just eating and drinking a beer. Yeah, I guess he's sort of our, um, you know, view into the world of Wick because yeah. he's an outsider to it. And 
I mean, again, I think if there's any sort of like larger idea they're working with in the movie, it is just sort of to expand this criminal underworld. And so it's like to be able to see someone who works with them but isn't a part of them is like an exciting addition to the world. But who who was, now we're on the topic, who was your favorite new addition that you saw in this one? I mean, Zatoichi. <laughs> oh, the blind, you like the... Right? I don't yeah. know. There's oh, not really Shoot, anyone. what's his name in it? Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah. And then Akira, Akira's the daughter of the, the Continental Tokyo owner. I'm going to go with Klaus, the big guy with the Oh, that teeth. guy was hard. Yeah. The fucking, uh, the kingpin. Throwing like, yeah, spinning <laughs> bat kicks. And <laughs> the kingpin? Yeah. That, did, that, that was more of a, well... It reminded me, I don't know why, but it just reminded me more of the penguin. From the last Batman, but movie. he's so huge. Penguin was huge. Penguin was huge, yeah. Well, I mean, not you're no. talking about Colin Firth, yeah, yeah, Colin yeah. Farrell, Farrell, yeah. I just think of the comics when like they're talking about fighting the kingpin, where it's like, you think this is fat? It's all muscle, yeah. And he's like slower, but he hits harder, and yeah. the fight mechanics were that <laughs> of a uh, rang true to the kingpin. That fight was so long that I started watching people on the periphery. Oh, that's the best. When they're dancing. Yeah. And they're just like in their face, just like just still dancing. Yeah. And make no, that's not just a wick four. If you go. It's every wick. Someone yeah, yeah, needs yeah. to do the super cut of just background characters in John Wick movies. Yeah. Not like caring. either not caring or like mildly reacting or like terribly reacting. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as the fight's over too, they all run out. Right. <laughs> Yeah, every movie, every one of these movies that comes across any like background characters is subject to the most brutal onslaughts. Yeah, of, but they don't really mind. Yeah, or this is like a, a universe that's not quite ours, you right? Know, where these sort of things happen, and it's like, hmm. how was your how was your uh, theater experience? Was it was it rowdy? Or was it chill? That was really chill. Yeah, that uh, same amount. Yeah, actually, people were just respectful as yeah, shit. Yeah, they were just watching. Yeah. I, we were we saw it Thursday, so that's opening night. So that mm-hmm. was like the real wickheads come out. Yeah, and I think people were just like, yeah, everyone was on the right page, just we're watching yeah. this. Funny things happen. There was a, re- a reaction, but no, there was no no dicking around. I mean, long ass movie too, and very little going out to the, get snacks or whatever. People were focused. They were watching this movie. I was watching this movie. I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, I was one of <laughs> me and my fellow wickheads were getting down. <laughs> Brent, was yours a little different? It was, and uh, it goes back to what we say on this podcast a lot, which is, uh, you know, you've heard Colin. If you're familiar with past episodes, Colin's gone off on luxury cinemas, and um, you know, sometimes I've I've thought maybe he's being a bit too harsh, but that's only because I have not been in a quote unquote luxury cinema in a long time because of this podcast. And so I went to one that will remain unnamed, uh, and. Their definition of luxury, and this is a chain, is basically, I would describe like a 2003 Sheraton. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, at one point, maybe that was, you know, cutting edge uh, architecture and design, but like, it's just so dated and worn in. And the big issue that I know that you have is when people have the capacity to order food at their seats. That was, yeah, I, I, this, I, I see the light now because right. it was <laughs> the most disgusting experience I've had ever going to a movie theater because the smell like of, of right. John Wick Saturday night, like, <laughs> holy shit. Like you joke that like people order shrimp scampi. Yeah. They were ordering like yeah. pasta dishes, lobster tacos, <laughs> just belching and chewing. You hear like packaging being opened up. You hear people like having trouble digesting things. It, and it just smelled horrible. 
So it was, it was, I would say the crowd was respectful of the movie, but they were also eating full blown multi course meals. Yeah. It's distracting. Sounds like, sounds like a very slurp based menu, yeah. too. Just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Donnie Yen slurping noodles was like music to my ears compared to what right. I was actually hearing in real life. Um, the screen was 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 badass. I'll give them that. You know, like to see that movie on such right, a huge right. high def screen was really cool. I think, like in terms of like all the John Wick movies, this one probably had the best action scenes. I think two is the best movie, but four probably has like the most like innovative, fresh, like oh cool, right? That, you know. That overhead scene with the, the the crazy gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. One take. Jeez. Yeah, that yeah. was a total total video game moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even like the the way the camera moves. It's like, yeah. Oh, I'm getting a little nauseous. No, you know that movie Holy Motors. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. With Kylie Minogue. Like a, just an overhead thing, just yeah. like slowly panning around. Right. Yep. Good reference. Holy. I shit. thought that was a weird part, actually. <laughs> like that's the only thing that I was like, this does not match, but it does look cool because you get to see that crazy gun that he has mm -hmm. i like the scene where uh kane wastes his cool little motion detecting <laughs> right right little stick his doorbells <laughs> oh that was so cool was yeah. but he cool. didn't need it on the stairs <laughs> yeah whatever look, <laughs> look. <laughs> yeah it was just to show you that he had cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. could I mean, do like, cool things. It's not lost to me that we watched a duel with a blind man. A pistol <laughs> duel with a blind man. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and he was chosen too, so it wasn't like, I want the best marksman. It was like, this guy's here. Yeah. I want him to go for me instead. But he also lost the, you know, the card game where you get to pick what weapons you want to mm -hmm. use. Because mm. he was like blades. Right, and then right. And he said pistols. And then they got pistols. That was a cool game. Yeah, I want those cards. Right, and you know what I like about the another thing I like about the Wick franchise: not a lot of merchandising. No. You don't have to look at Wick shirts or gear. I, mean, yeah. I don't know what the Funko Pop game is like. What was the movie studio <laughs> that made it? It's not Lionsgate, is it? Oh yeah, it was Lionsgate. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's probably why. Because like you know, if it was like a Universal property, you'd have right, right, a whole section of the park with a gift shop. Yeah, you know. I like it that way. It's yeah, it just reminds me of a uh, simpler times. Yeah. All this stuff is too fancy. Yeah, we can make like a plastic gun. <laughs> yeah, ballistic. You know lasers. what? It might be a liability thing too, because if you make the suit and somebody gets their ass shot, <laughs> right, <laughs> or tries to fall seven stories in it. I mean, there, you would think coins or brooches or something, yeah. but it just doesn't. I mean, the opportunity is there, but it's just such a different demographic that but even like, then people get punched out at starbucks would be like i'm of service and slide a coin it's like no get the fuck out of the way i'm trying to like <laughs> do these 56 lattes for the morning rush yeah, but you know i mean in a world where everyone i mean harry potter crests are all over uh, the place yeah. like there's a world where you could pull it off i don't know why i'm so scarred by this but like um <laughs> i recently saw a guy with a like a, the darth vader hoodie but like you know the all over <laughs> yeah, print yeah, one yeah, where yeah, it looks like so. his suit he was wearing it with galaxy print joggers and i'm like man oh. i don't know if you ever wear like really bright colored uh pants but it's like if you got anything going on beneath the waist that isn't like a fall hue yeah. <laughs> anything brighter than that that is the centerpiece of your outfit you need a black or white shirt you need simple shoes yeah. everything Wait, needs it was to be simple brightly colored it was a galaxy print yes but what joggers color is it? 
like galaxy. It's like a like the nebula or something. I'm picturing like black, but with like no, swirly no, no, no. things. Okay. Oh, just look under the table. Like Colin's wearing them right now. Oh, oh yeah. No. Yeah, 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 these yeah. galaxy print joggers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But see, see and I, I said that was more like yeah, the sparkly. <laughs> no, like uni- no. what is what do they call it? Unicorn uh poop at yeah, Starbucks. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, like that kind <laughs> of jogger. Like pink and green. Like my little pony hair. And just wearing yeah. wearing the wearing the something about wearing the Darth Vader hoodie. The all over print Darth Vader hoodie. Well, because he Darth Vader's in space. Yeah, see, that's oh, why I okay. thought the that's black why. ones made yeah, sense. My bad. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, it made sense. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, you don't see any John Wick like all over print things or, you know. It would just be a t-shirt with this tuxedo print on it. I mean, is what's it, the catch? <laughs> the catchphrase of the movie is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she leans into a lot. So it's like, yeah, it's not even, can't just put that on a shirt. <laughs> Good job, Wick. And anything you could print would be seen as a threat in a school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no subtlety. It's yeah. just like, I'm going to murder everybody in this room. Again. Even when they, people say bye to him, it's just like, can you do me the courtesy of killing as many people on your way out as possible? <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I like these movies. And uh, So overall, uh, John Wick Chapter 4, are we going to put the book down or are we going to keep reading? Me, myself... I'm going to keep uh, flipping through this book. I hope there's many more chapters, so long as they keep this quality up. This is a strangely charming franchise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no reason why it should be as good as it is while also being as bad as it is. You know, like it's not a highfalutin deal you're getting yourself into. It's not the uh, luxury cinemas, you know. This is, it's dollar theater. Do you think it has to do with the lead? And being a likable person and not having like weird ego problems and drama. I mean, uh, never hurts to have people who you already like, yeah. you know, behind the helm. But there's also a lot of characters who, you know, we got introduced to a slew of new ones here who were not like we didn't watch in movies growing up our whole lives, you know. And they're like, yeah, if I'm if it's going to be the same kind of action sets with the uh, daughter of the hotel guy and you know, Charred Mary Adventures. I'm watching that. If it's a tracker and his deal, I'm watching that. So I really think it's just solid action, you know, and mm-hmm. not really trying to shoehorn in a whole lot of things and just not overstaying its welcome in terms of like a million spinoffs and mm-hmm. franchisable stuff. You know, it's like a, a hit song that's like popular. It's Helmet's Unsung. It's a hit song. It's popular, but it's not so overplayed that you're like, oh, God, when it comes on. When Unsung hits, when you're listening to the whole Meantime album, you're not like, oh, skip this, heard it too many times. It's like, oh, this is a banger. This is fucking good. Or uh, Megadeth's um, Countdown to Extinction. Yep. Like, just such a, it's such an, it's like overplayed. You know it's overplayed. You know it's popular, but it's still so fucking good. Yeah. Because it hasn't been totally murdered to death, you know? And that's the John Wick franchise. It's out there. You're not onto something underground. There's no premise that you are. No one would be mistaken that you're watching high art when you're watching these movies. But they're so uh, low key that you can just, you know, have a good time, enjoy it. It's not ruined. So I'm going to keep re- reading, keep doing exactly what you're doing, John Wick, the franchise. <laughs> People should, would know, like a John Wick, even if you've never seen one, you'd be like, yeah, he's a, you know. Yeah. He's a fighting guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a good at killing guy. So it's a punch death movie. Gotcha. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of like if it would just stop. Mm-hmm. And I would be okay with it having like a spinoff, but I wouldn't want it to be like anything to do with him anymore. Right. 
I do think it depends a lot on the lead. And I think the reason it works so well with him, not necessarily Keanu, but Keanu, because they're kind of together now, the character and him, um, that he's a little bit of a blank slate, you know? He just kind of does what you need him to do, (laughs) which is just go kill everybody. I feel like if they were making another movie, they would probably try to make more of a story to it or something and like flesh out the character more and that would not be wick-like. Yeah, you need the character to remain an idea. Yeah, yeah. More than, uh, you know, what was his father like? Yeah, and the other problem that would uh, (laughs) present, which is like, okay, now there's this master assassin person who's really good at killing. It's like, we didn't hear about this person when everyone was going after John Wick. (laughs) John Wick is the Baba Yaga. Everybody knows all about him. And then there's this, oh, equally cool, but... Where were they? <laughs> this oh, is an yeah. Avengers, yeah. Captain Marvel situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, see, but he knows not to go after Wick because game respects game, you know? I mean, the only reason the blind guy was going after him is because of their ties to his daughter or whatever. Yeah. Especially since they know it's hard work. Yeah. I don't know. I guess you'd maybe want to see the Mr. Nobody, see if he can make money for him and his dog. <laughs> That's his motivation. Yeah, again, I can't stress enough. I just want the the working man criminal yeah. story who's just like, yeah, I could go after this guy and get $20 million, Or I could like off some uh, annoying wives like three times a week. So you want the Andor? Yeah, I just want the... John the, Wick, okay. Well, I guess the Andor would be like the story of the girls that do all the... Um, uh, operators. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. their deal is. Why do they all look the same? Their uh, suicide girl yeah. vibe yeah. to you to work at that place. But that would be like the Andor. No, I just want like, you know, just man on this, you know, just lower rung, doing his job, making money, making a lot of money, but just killing easy people to kill. Probably just beat people up at that point. I don't know. It's a lot of work too. Getting yeah. physical. Yeah. Just murk someone. Pa, 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 pa. No, it's too much, too much heat. You just beat somebody up, apparently. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I had money, I'd be like, hey, can you just fuck this guy up? Yeah. All right. You don't have to kill him. Yeah. No, I, well, I don't <laughs> want to have to deal with that. And I imagine if you're that, if they're as good as these, you know, criminals are in, you know, in these movies, they would be much more discreet. You know, I think you could get away with it. So do you, so you're, you're, you're saying you're going to keep reading. Sorry. Um... No. I mean, well, oh. what did it's just a, like a thumbs up, thumbs down? Did oh, for like, this? Yeah, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot we <laughs> this, this is a movie. euphemism. I'm not literally yes. saying you have to talk about the actual book of Wick. Yeah, I thought we were talking yeah. about the extended book of Wick. Absolutely. Read it. Yeah, read it. Book on tape it. Watch the film adaptation of it. It's great. Also, cool that it's original content. I forgot to mention that. Like, this is built from the ground up, it's not based on anything other than, like, you know, Stunts. The homages and the oh. rip-offs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Warriors with a septum ring. A lot of, lot of bites. A lot of bites. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. It's not. This is an original character. It's not an image comic first that they adapted or whatever. It is yeah. just built from the ground up movie. I would like a two-hour cut of this movie. Because I felt what, what was happening is like after a certain point, it just, I don't know. It, it's not that it was repetitive, but I kept 
getting distracted and looking off to the side because I'm like, okay, yeah, he's fighting again. And then so I would just I would start like counting the rounds that would come out. It'd be like there's 21 in this one. Like okay, I'd start counting. I think um, you were just getting blasted with lobster farts, dog. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you were like, being distracted. Well, just, I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't get immersed. I think like it's most effective. These movies are most effective when they're two hours or less, which. I think they've all been to this point. And I've been like, cool, banger, in, out. This one was just kind of like, I don't know, it kind of made it harder to suspend disbelief in the end. Because you know, like they just kept showing him falling. And, they, and like, I don't know. And like, there's in this movie, it was weird. Like he was pulling up his suit a lot to block bullets. Right. I didn't really yeah, re- yeah, see yeah. in previous ones. That works like that. That's physics. Yeah. So I don't know. It was... it. <laughs> I was like really psyched on this one, like up until about an hour and fifty minutes, you know, or so, and then it just kind of like anything, you know, like there's a little bit too much of it. But yeah, I would love a two-hour cut of it. But I think the action in this one was the best. John Wick Two is the best John Wick movie, in my opinion. Well, length is what made it really cool. Really, really, when he goes up the stairs yeah. and then he oh, falls yeah, like a bunch to go, of times. Yeah, 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 it really. I feel later, like so. it, it. It does a good job of you being like. Man, it sucks. This is a long, this is a hard thing. This is a hard road to walk down, John Wick, where it's just like it's one day, but he has to go through all this stuff just to make it to this duel. And that's like the main thing, the main boss. Cool, he doesn't ever sleep or poop or eat or anything. Unnecessary. He runs on hate. Dylan? I too also run on hate. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. Were you man enough to stay after the. uh, Credits, dude. Oh shit! What happened after the credits? Oh uh, well, give it to him, Dylan. They're showing his uh, called the ground uh, he was buried in. Yeah, and then like it's just a zoom. It's like a low horizon of like his uh, gravestone. Uh-huh. Someone's talking about something. Then you see a bunch of rocks that kind of float up in the air. I'm gonna no. fight you. I'm going to pay <laughs> a guy with a metal rod to beat you in the back of the head. Would you do that, Dylan? Would you? Pay a guy with a metal rod to be. Just do it myself. I gotta pay someone for it. But you get in trouble if you do it. Anyway, uh, no, for real though, I, whatever. Anyway, so for real, so they, there was no post credit. No, there is a post credit. The post credit is that they show you the music school academy, and like Kane's daughter's playing violin in front of it. Then Kane like walks out of like a like a subway tunnel. Okay. And he has like flowers for his daughter. Then the the other daughter that you kind of would forget about. Um, of the the hotel. Yep, Akira. Akira shows up. Okay. And you just see her in a hoodie. He's like following him. Then he pulls out a knife. And that it just cuts from there. So Akira's walking up to Kane. That's Kane's going to his daughter. But Akira pulls oh, out a because, knife. Oh, because yeah, yeah Kane a, did kill his yeah, dad. Okay. That's a pretty big loose thread. Yeah. He but was hey. like, I'll be waiting for you. But Yeah. That's yeah why but it's but like, that could be wrapped up in two minutes. They didn't show it. That means there'll be the book of Wick. Yeah, these Akira, two people fighting or Kane. Short fight. That was the only yeah. reaction that I heard in the audience is like when Akira like takes off her hotel garb and has like that leather like fighting yeah, yeah, off yeah. and everyone, oh shit. That was it. That was the only reaction <laughs> the entire movie. It was really weird. Yeah, we get uh, when he gets tumbled down the stairs and he keeps tumbling. Yeah. There's a lot of there was oh, okay. There was that laughing, that yeah. hit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I saw a later showing so a lot of people were asleep. Yeah. yeah. All that buttery lobster. If there's stairs around 
bro, when he's in that fall off. when he's in that big old building and he just jumps out the window and falls like three <laughs> yeah. three stories, yep, three stories. I just like, f you. That's why. So somebody was like interviewing him and was saying how many like bodies John yeah. Wick had, and, and Keanu was like, that seems low. I want to know like how many cars he's gotten hit by, right. like a stair count. I, I've d- again because John Wick fans are cool and they just watch the movies and shut up yeah don't shove their life down your face i don't see a lot of like you know the 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 highlights or stats on the john wick kills but i gotta start seeking these out because i bet they're out there (laughs) the lost king is a movie also it's uh directed by stephen freers uh, you know, you, you guys know about this guy. Have you heard about this guy? You know this guy? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is his big movie? I already did this with uh, with Dylan. I couldn't tell you. He did. Um, he did High Fidelity. There you go. Isn't that weird? No. I don't know. I thought that was weird. Too weird. It's okay. weird. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. It's he like goes, a historical drama. <laughs> yeah. Well, High he Fidelity. Goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yep. he he goes back directing to the the sixties. He's done all. He's done a whole bunch of stuff. My beautiful Laundrette. Does anyone ever see that movie? I haven't seen it. Like beautiful a, what? My Beautiful Laundrette. I think it's an adaptation of a book, but it's just like 80s BBC. That's one film. of those things where I think I thought you were challenging our honesty. No. You know what I mean? Because like, see, <laughs> see if any of us would say yes. It was like, a fake ah, movie. That's a fake Caught movie, you. you idiot. <laughs> no, he did My Beautiful. He did Dangerous Liaisons with Glenn Close. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, He's a classic. legend. He's done a lot of movies, yeah. and I, I don't know why I didn't, uh, I don't know his name until now, but now got you clocked, Stephen Frears. <laughs> Um, also stars uh, Sally Hawkins as Philippa Langley, and uh, she, so I guess I'll 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 go real dumb, and I think anyone else in this room is smarter than me to explain it better. But basically, the the Richard the Third, whomst, uh, oh big word, whomst, uh, uh, <laughs> Willie Shakespeare wrote a little play about. Um, they uh, apparently didn't know like where this guy was buried or where his body was, mm-hmm. and like he's just one of these figures in history who just have a lot of misinformation put out about him due to the fact that like the successor of him wanted to like kind of wipe his uh, memory free or just you know fucking tutors yeah just to just spread some some bullshit about him you know so basically there's just not a lot of information including shockingly enough where he's buried and uh, this is the real life story of Philippa Langley who's uh, just a, a a little little gal from uh, Britain, and uh, it's where this movie takes place. It's also uh, the country that Richard the Third was the king of. Oh, yeah, cool, right? And uh, she, uh, she's like, I'm gonna figure this. She just gets obsessed with this story, and she starts reading everything about it. Hanging out with the Richard the Third Society, uh, creates a tulpa in which uh, he is her, uh, you know, boyfriend. And she's just super into Richard III. She's got Richard III on her brain and eventually kind of cracks the code, like, where she's like, I think I know where this guy's fucking buried. And it's kind of the story of her getting anyone else in the world to listen to her and, like, get this project funded because you could imagine, like, excavating a modern city. Uh, it's under under a car park, at least. Imagine just the logistics of just being a person on the street without real connections to anything being like hey i think this pretty important historical figure is buried here uh how do we get him out how can we do this and um you know it's a uh one woman versus the machine kind of story she slowly gets things done with the uh you know help of fellow richard the third enthusiasts and um it is a it is a a very 
delightful film. Did you, did you know this story beforehand? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. So yeah, it was, it was big in the news, but I I wasn't paying attention when it yeah. happened. Yeah. It's it was it was really cool because while it was happening, it was like they're gonna dig here. They they're thinking this is a pretty good location. It's like all right, and so they get ready. They break ground and they're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> it really happened like that. <laughs> Whereas like the first place they dug, he was there. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then they did all the DNA uh, testing and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's him. What do you know? It's really weird too. Um, I'm not very ver- well versed in Shakespeare. I read like a couple of things in school or whatnot. And I've never read Richard III. Have you read it? Don't think so. No. But what's the, oh, that's uh, my horse, my horse, the kingdom for the horse. That's yeah, where that comes from. Yeah. yeah. And so that's cool that um, she sees a play, of, right. like a stage production of yeah. this play. And that's when she gets like uh, fixated on it. And so in her mind, her imaginary friend, Richard, is uh, the actor, you know, yeah. he's uh, portrayed as the actor in the William Shakespeare play. And so I really like at the end when uh, she meets the actor actor right right <laughs> he's like richard he's like what <laughs> my name's like steven or something right. like that that was a clever way of doing it because she really like just knew about richard the third already it wasn't like she got inspired by a by a play but i thought that was cute so I, I i feel like i've done a disservice in just objectively describing this movie because if someone objectively described to me this movie I would say it sounds really fucking boring (laughs) and I would not be interested in watching it at all. But uh, so this movie really made me think of the idea of nostalgia, you know, because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this feels like not like it's like something I've seen before, but it has the feel of a lot of movies I grew up watching. And a lot of that was the score because it's a very uh, it's just an orchestral score and it has that kind of weird quality that like a Danny Elfman score might have not mm-hmm. as over the top but you know um has that whimsical well, there we go <laughs> boom a sense of whimsy about it and I was like there's this like nebulous of movies from like the late 80s and early 90s where there's like sort of supernatural realism what grabbed me and the, the, I think they knew it because they had a line that was a lyric from the song but Depeche Mode Enjoy the Silence where the king yeah. is just wandering around that's all I could think of the that, entire that time video? and then there was like a, a point at the end where um, she's talking to him and I think he says like words are very unnecessary I was like what <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah it, it, it was something like that it was like it was a line from the song so I'm like they know but yeah. it's like it's like yeah if you wanted to punch up the description it's like yeah like the king from <laughs> the Depeche Mode video goes like meets like a uh, Richard III truther right <laughs> and hijinks ensue I don't know it was it's the type of thing that I, I didn't know anything about it going into the movie and that's how I like to watch a lot of the movies we see uh, but once it kicked in and I saw you know the actors and actresses like like uh Coogs is is her uh, her husband, right? You know, so it's just like and and you know, like Hawkins is just like, oh wow, I know all these people. I've seen them in a bunch of stuff. They're all together. This is good. And then when they started interacting, you're like, oh my god, they're really good at what they do. The story is right, pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's just like I can't think of the last biopic I saw that was that awesome. Yeah, it's been I a while. I guess it's not so much a biography about the people so much as it is the event, which I always feel. That's going to be the better story, right? Yeah, like you know, I guess like kind of film. Loosely, it's a F- Philippa right uh, biopic, but know. it's about her doing this one thing. Yeah, it's not like about, it's not about her, her story life. or anything. But yeah. it does kind of get into that, like you know, like her relationship with her husband. I, I thought that okay. I'll tell you what I thought was really cool about it, aside from the nostalgic aspects, was like 
um, the relationship with the husband wasn't just like, oh, he's my ex, and, right. and, and like, and it's just like shit you've seen before. It was like, oh, he still supports her and donates to like her her cause. Yeah, and still believes in her as a human. They sell kids together. They just, they just so. know that they not they don't work as a as like a, a romantic couple. Yeah, but they're they're still awesome together, being forces in each other's life. And then I liked. Um, there's a point that I thought was pretty valuable for people watching it in that. Um, intuition and hunches and beliefs like play a big part in everybody's life and they can guide you to certain things and in her case it guided her to finding richard the third but there's different settings where you can't you need to have other information to get what you want in order to follow up on that belief for instance um when she is presenting to the university of leicester which i appreciate being the enemy or the bad guy in this right, film. right. like she's presenting to them and uh, they're like well you know the prick you know it just says well how do you know that uh, he's here in, in this lot and she goes it's it's my gut feeling you know or right, like, you right, know, right. Like i'm paraphrasing but you know and he laughs at her you know and her ally in that room comes out later you know and says hey yeah in that setting don't ever mention belief right, right. or anything like that you have to have like metrics and data and shit like that which she could have done you know but but in her mind, she's just so obsessed, and I think a little bit broken. You right. Know? So she's just like, "You don't see it? I, I see it <laughs> right, you know, right here." Um, so I thought that was a really cool message because um, I've noticed that throughout life, you know. So I think that's what r- rang true with me. I think, like, it's definitely yeah. a message about code switching, if you will. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I I was trying to think of what it reminded me of, and again, this is th- the more distance I have from being young the more of these memories kind of come at me in like an impressionistic way and i felt that this is in the most insane parallel to draw but once i zeroed in on it i couldn't switch it uh drop dead fred yeah because she she has like an imaginary it's an adult woman with an imaginary friend i mean in this movie uh her imaginary friend is richard the third and in drop dead fred it's uh the, the the punk rocker from the young ones, right? <laughs> so you know, a little bit different. Little monsters was, I think, where my first uh, guess was, because uh, also was imaginary friend based, and from that time. And again, just like it's it's not not supernatural realism, because some shit will happen in these movies, and in the movies I watched a lot growing up, that isn't real, but they don't spend a whole lot of time like distinguishing fantasy from reality. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing to f- watch a movie that reminds me of that time. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I mean, absolutely great performances, great cinematography and stuff like that. But just the tone of it really uh, just took me back to the way I felt when I would watch movies like this as a kid. Really delightful to watch and very yeah. entertaining, very funny. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of very laughter, funny, yeah. short uh, as a movie, yeah. you know, respectful run times, always important for really dry subject matter. If you think about it, we're talking about archaeology, for God's sake. <laughs> it's uh, just the characters in it are so fun and the pacing is right. And it's sweet. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Philippa running around looking like a little um, Gilbert Gottfried. Mm-hmm. Like it's just mm-hmm. uh, just completely endearing to watch. It was the uh, society. Yeah. <laughs> that she yeah, this is this she's yeah, the this club of Richard the Third uh, enjoyers. Yeah. Weirdos <laughs> who like aren't I don't know, like a conventional kind of weirdo. Like we're yeah. cyberpunks, we're hackers, well, but like or the, the, whatever. It's like no, yeah, these like are elder gentleman that's like warning her. You still have time to get out of yeah. this society. 
<laughs> yeah, man. It was just it. This is uh, this is Charm City. This movie. Yeah. I can't. I can't uh, say enough uh, good things about it. As as you've mentioned before on this podcast, this is the movie for the people that don't go to a lot of movies and complain about right, they don't right, right. make real movies anymore. Yeah, this is a real movie. <laughs> yeah. If you think it's all Marvel movies and Fast and Furious yeah. and remakes and stuff, like, here you go. Here's this flick. Yeah. Watch it. You won't, you fucking coward. Yeah. But go see this yeah, movie. Yeah, I will say that. If you, if, you, if you don't go see this movie, you're a coward. How about that? <laughs> Dylan, our Chad uh, British culture appreciator. Yeah. I just want to hear what you think about the movie. Oh, I liked it, but I have a real question. I'm listening. And like, I'm not trying to disperse. Disparage? Disparage. Uh-huh. So, in my, when I was watching it, when she was talking to John the Third, Right. Richard the Third. Richard. <laughs> she was talking to John Wick the Third. Yes. <laughs> John Wick for the third Richard time. chapter three. Yes. Um, when I was watching it, I went, oh, this is just happening in her head, obviously. Right. Of course. But then when they showed the scene with the son watching her talk to herself. Yeah. Was that... Again, this is this is supernatural realism. This is, but if it's based on a true story, what is well? I mean, if I think if it was a really inspired telling, inspired by, yeah, I feel like if they were telling us a true story, it would be a very boring film. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, are you wondering if the real life Philippa Langley has like schizophrenia? Yeah, and was <laughs> chopping it up with uh, Dickie Trace. Yes. <laughs> like up to that point, there was a part of me like watching that that I was like. This might be a belief I have. Like okay. to, to accomplish like really great things, yeah, you have to be a little fucking crazy, right? Right, and I mean singularly obsessed and focused, yeah. like mm-hmm. to your own detriment. And maybe a little broken, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people get uh, fixated on especially small subjects like mm-hmm. that without there being some thing they're trying to compensate for, and it's like. It's always ultimately about control, right? Yeah. You know, you can be either very knowledgeable in this one subject matter, even though you're like basically you're useless in society, you know. Uh, That was the thing with she has an illness. Right. And it's a chronic illness that it's sad because she's like, it's a real thing. Uh, I'm not just messing around. So, yeah, that's where that comes from, where she just kind of is feeling helpless and like nobody understands her. And then she feels like. Nobody really understood this guy, and she makes a point of saying, like, oh, they were saying he's a hunchback and all that. And so so a disability means you're a monster, right. you know? So yeah. that aspect. And then you remember it. that scene when Richard III is like, not so different, you and I. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy, right? Yeah. That was fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, Wait, okay, so you're, you're saying that, like, yeah, the scene where the son's looking out the window, he does not see. Yeah, they're clearly the- showing that she's just talking to herself. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just something. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I accepted that. Like, yeah, that's fine. It's I'm like, just it's making like, sure. I'm yeah. not trying to like. No, no. Yeah, she's. It's an imaginary friend. Cool. Anyway, but the, she needed that because like she was running into walls wherever yeah, she, she was she, going. She needed. Yeah. She I needed didn't. push. Yes. Yeah. Dude, it was just crafted well. Because remember when they show the coat of arms at the end? I fist pump. Yeah. I was yeah. like, fuck yeah, dude, she got it. You yeah. Know? And whether oh. or not any of that is true, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the it's the way they the told the story. Yeah. Sick, love this movie. I'm gonna say it. I am a Sally Hawkins fan. Go Hell off. yeah, dude. In this movie, I'm giving her a, a nominee for Modi, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh, respect, but that's like a respect driven Modi, even dude. in yeah. even in Paddington one and two. You gotta <laughs> put the Modi on, you gotta put the Modi like crest, crest, <laughs> yeah, put a Modi crest on her name, yeah, yeah. like right. it. 
funny to see her in another role where she's kind of a an awkward, frail character yeah. <laughs> with a secret friend <laughs> that she falls in love with. What's the other one? Shape of Water. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this remind it's a very British movie in the subject matter and the way that people treat each other. <laughs> Could be anywhere, but it's yeah. British. Um, and to me, I mentioned this to you, uh, it's it's a Neil Gaiman telling of yeah. this story. It's very mm, like, it. here's uh, some fantasy stuff mixed in with some historical stuff. In that way, and like you were talking about these movies from like your childhood, kind of seems like it could be for a younger audience. Yeah. S- somehow. But, I mean, they'd probably be bored, but still, it would be like <laughs> something that you could show kids about like history. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this really happened in 2012. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think maybe like one out of ten would be inspired, you know what I mean, to do <laughs> to look a little harder into something or like or be intrigued enough to go, what is archaeology, you know? Well, to your point about being uh, young and seeing it, I do think one of the big takeaways I have with movies growing up is like, I don't think they were made for yeah, me. Yeah, they were a little too <laughs> yeah, little like too I'm old. Yeah, like I'm hanging out with an older crowd than mm-hmm. I should be. Even watching like the most underhanded pitch, like something like Back to the Future or something. Yeah, it felt like acts like if I liked it, it was accidental. It's not because it was made with me in mind. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine a kid watching this movie today. I think they could like it in the same way that I liked Willow, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily made with their attention spans in mind. Right, yeah. Colin, what, what do you think, or what do you remember being the first movie that you felt was made for you? I mean, I was a, I was a, to date myself very specifically, I was a land before time, Mark. So like <laughs> cool. going to like the, like the merch tie-ins at Pizza Hut and shit. That's awesome. Like that was, that is a kid's movie. But if you want to get into like actual kid's movies from that era, another thing I'm really bitter about, because I'm born in 81, so I'll let you kind of do your math. This is basically a huge stretch where like no Disney movies are made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rescuers 2, Rescuers Down Under, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like the only movie I made when I'm like a child um, from Disney. And so it was just rock-a-doodle, brave little toaster, <laughs> uh, like Fievel Goes West. Like amazing films uh, from like in technical animation perspective, but so depressing. There was an era of bleakness <laughs> over everything. And also going back and watching stuff like The Jungle Book and like my favorite era of Disney, which is like the real scratchy drawings, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, The Black Cauldron. Uh, Black Cauldron is amazing. You can still incredible. buy those cells on eBay. Amazing, cool. amazing. But also... Uh, that one wasn't on my radar so much as like Tim Burton illustrated in uh, Black Cauldron. Believable, yeah, it has that design aesthetic. Or um, yeah, all the Ralph Bocci stuff and uh, oh, or um, Robin Hood, huge yep. for me growing up. Even though it was made before my time, like that's what I got to watch. And like another historical biopic. Yes, and <laughs> also again, all of these, everything I just said, super bleak, super dark, super depressing. So like undertones yeah. of abandonment and like. <laughs> Just being stray and alone, (laughs) unfortunately, and that's why I'm always fucking bitter towards Disney stuff. Like I have no love, zero love, 0.0 love for what I think is now called the Disney Renaissance. Uh, Little Mermaid. That was the first movie where I was too old for that shit. Yeah, I was not going to fucking watch this. I don't care how good it is in hindsight in terms of like, you know, again, technical animation and all that stuff. Uh, 
Fuck that. And Aladdin comes out, I'm in sixth grade. Like, bro, I heard, I was like fucking with like the first Marilyn Manson record. And like, (laughs) you know, I was like, I like, I I watched Guar, you know, like I wasn't going to go hang out and be, pretend to be down with Aladdin. And like, that was the first, you know, I listen, I know this is outdated terminology here, but please bear with me. That was the first like boy cartoon that Disney made. I think the last one before that. Oh, Beauty and the Beast, I think, comes out before Aladdin. Okay. Yeah. Also, like, oh, come on. Like, I'm like, I'm begging the world to give me something. And they're giving me two of the girliest. And this is at a you know age when boy stuff and girl stuff is very apparent, you know. And they are giving me the most girly Disney movies that have possibly ever existed. So I'll always have a chip on my shoulder uh towards Disney unfairly for that. So all right, Marilyn Manson era young lad. Uh, like, give me some examples of movies that were hitting you at oh, the time. We're like, this is mine. A bucket of blood from Roger Corman. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, Warriors, Slapshot. Yep, yep. Um, like, you know, this is middle school, so it's just all yeah, three edgy five me. Like, starting to understand like irony and like watching B movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Toxic Avenger, of course. You know yeah. that kind of stuff was like. Right up my alley. Rocky Horror Picture Show was like, yep. I'll always say, just yeah, it was like an eighth grade thing for me. Immensely important, like films. Um, so yeah, like that, just the idea of, because again, this is also like Gen X is peaking around this time and yep. I'm just too young for that. But, and this is a hard thing to understand, I think, if you weren't in that era. It's not like everyone was like, Nirvana and Soundgarden sure are cool. Hey, I'm wearing a Sonic Youth washing yeah. machine shirt right now. No, like Gen X stuff was largely like, looking back and trying to get into old shit, you know? So like, yeah, like you know, swing and all kinds of shit. Yeah, whatever it was, like Gigantor cartoons. Why was I interested yeah. in this? I don't know, but it made me feel like a cool college kid yeah. being into like older stuff like that, if that makes sense. Anything just like cult and obscure nice. and like a like a cult classic sense. Uh D- Dylan and Justine, do you recall maybe some of your early movies? That you're like, this is for me. I guess there's three that came to mind that I, I kind of couldn't remember the like timeline of, but Labyrinth. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Interview with the Vampire. And Independence Day, as we were talking about no last time. Those probably sum me up really well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I should note that like I loved Star Wars and Back to the Future and stuff, but you're specifically... I didn't feel like those were made for like someone in my age demographic. Yeah. I just felt like I accidentally <laughs> really liked sure. them. Yeah. So when yeah. I say Land Before Time, it's not like I didn't enjoy anything until I saw Land Before Time. Right, but, but it was like it's resonant. That is yeah. that is yeah. only a kid's movie, yeah. I guess, is what I what, what I yeah. what I what I'm saying. Did you think of any Dylan? Not on the top of my head. Yeah. The only things I had was literally a VHS copy of Tommy Boy. And the yeah. VHS copy of the best of Chris Farley SNL, Dude, this which is the two so things I only had as a kid. Me. I actually yeah. just watched oh. Tommy Boy the other day. I, I have I have some Dylan lore. Yes, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but I don't know if that's for me. That, oh, you mean when like, that hit? I saw it in theaters. That that was from, definitely for me. That and Dark Crystal. But I meant mm. like I meant like as a kid. Right. So you said you watched that like a lot as a kid. I did, but I was like in grade school. Okay. I was thinking like before that. Like I was thinking like I was like five. Right. And all I watched was just the Chris Farley stuff. <laughs> I just thought of one that I had forgotten until right now. Because I was thinking, like, was there anything that, like, I went and did beyond the movie that was related to the movie? Yes. 
fucking red dawn when that when i oh, saw yeah, that yeah yeah my brother and i made uniforms out of paper bags <laughs> based on our memory of watching the movie once and like we would reenact scenes from red dawn in our paper bag uniforms trippy man. but again that goes to show the kind of entertainment that was for children at the era which is to say not Fuck entertainment bleak. for no. children like russians are invading your school <laughs> yeah like, dude yeah go hide under your desk yeah so you connect to this stuff like obviously i love back to the future what the fuck did i understand about yeah for real. going back in time and making out with your mom it's weird <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't make out with no. her <laughs> he begrudgingly receives yeah. a kiss non-consensual yes. kiss oh uh, i guess i have faces of death and i also have <laughs> yeah. i also have um south park bigger batter uncut sick bigger longer uncut i think it's bigger longer bigger longer uncut wow. those are the fourth <laughs> and the doug show okay <laughs> so the lost king are we going to uh fund the excavation or are we leaving this one buried? Ladies, gentlemen, have you been listening to what I've been saying? We're excavating. This is a, a, a masterful film. Highly recommend it. Complete, uh, like I said, Charm City. Two words. Charm City, baby. It's The Lost King. Can't recommend it enough. Justine? I think it was good. I don't, for some reason, have like so much of a glowing review. I liked it very well. But, uh, you know. I wouldn't necessarily say rush out to the theater. It's not like something you need to see on a big screen or anything. But, you know, a cozy night at home for sure. For sure. Excavate and give her the uh, credit. Yeah. yeah. That's important. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll fund that excavation, man. And you can give me 12 of these movies a year. <laughs> I'll be happy. I mean, well, that's a reach. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get care, it. Like, if it's like, yeah. If it's, if it's got archaeology, if it's got a university being the bad guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you got Coogs, you got Hawkins in there, man. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. I dug it. What about you, Dylan? Uh, I liked it a lot. And, uh, you know, Sally Hawkins and what's his name? Uh, Coogs. Steve Cooglin did a great job. And uh, I feel like those movies do come out 12 times a year. They're just not here. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Regal? Regal? Are you listening? You mean like the like BBC kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. British totally, film. Dude, we did see Living show. earlier this year, too. That was, uh, that's true. I guess, uh, qu- similarly quaint. Yeah, she needed to team up with him, the public works Ooh. department. <laughs> well, did you see the post-credit scene where she goes up to uh, the guy from Living and is like mm-hmm. putting together a team? Did you, did you actually see the post-credit scene? So like they show you, she goes to the the grave site. She's like, I'm I love you so much. And then she walks away from the, the grave. Then it's like a, it's like from the ground, you see uh, uh, Richard III's gravestone. And then you just see rocks kind of float up in the air. It's not like a hand <laughs> penetrating the dirt, but yeah, it does imply that something is going on. It's pretty trippy. Oh, this is my new uh, least favorite trope. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of least favorite, uh, a good person. Listen. You thought Zach Braff was done with you at Garden State? You fool. He's got a new one locked and loaded for you. It's called The Good Person. Um, it's uh, got it's got Florence Pugh. So this uh, this lady, this Florence, she's, she's about to get married. Shows uh, horrifically saccharine scenes of uh, her engagement with her, her, a man, a human man. And she's driving around uh, the next day. And she's got the human man's sister and the sister's husband. And they're driving around, and a a friggin' f- like 
earth what do they call it like a bulldozer yeah a bulldozer hits them on a freeway and uh florence lives her name's allison allison lives and uh the two people she's with die and then it's like one year later and uh she is um not engaged to that guy anymore presumably because of complications with her you know getting in a car crash and thus having the death of her uh, sister-in-law. There's so she's much pain on your face right now. Living at home. <laughs> and uh, there she's she's getting hooked on pills, man. She's these oh, these uh, Oxycontin, man. They got a hold of her. And this is a real straight-faced, sincere story of this woman um, trying to get over her Oxycontin addiction and reconnecting with this uh, family who uh, she killed some people of. And, um, okay, listen, I realize this, I'm grateful for this movie. Oh, are you? <laughs> yes. Cause I realized that the people I like in life or gravitate towards in life or like tend to surround myself with or whatever are people who have just like faced a certain degree. I don't want to say of adversity cause everyone's faced adversity to some extent, but I'd say like probably internalized at an early age, like that they aren't shit. Like someone so early on <laughs> went up to them and was just like, you aren't shit in one way or another. And that person just made that a part of themselves and went forward in life saying like, you know what? Yeah, right. And so, you know, when it comes time to like, let's say do a fucking hacky cover of uh, Velvet Underground's After Hours, <laughs> they'll sit at the piano and be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this because I'm not shit. And guess what? That person, these people, this, uh, you know, cabal of enlightened individuals is 100% correct. They aren't shit. But there's this other <laughs> side of uh, humanity that has never been told <laughs> that they aren't shit. Or if they were, the lesson didn't stick. And so they think they can do anything they want. And without any hesitation, there is a confidence and stride in what they do. And this is a side of humanity that I will never be able to relate to. And one individual in this uh, community is behind the camera writing and directing this film, and his name is Zach Braff. And the other person who has, is part of this uh, community is in front of the camera, and her name is Florence Pugh. And without you know, skipping a beat or just an iota of self-doubt, they are just storming forward and shoving this movie down your throat as if they could do no wrong. <laughs> like, Did you know that they were dating in the t at the time in spite of being over 20 years apart? Sure. And I'm not, I'm not with the, 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 there's this like new breed of age gap shaming. I'm not with it. Let me, I'm let me not tell shaming you. it. I'm just Let saying, me tell you. I'm, not, like, I'm pushing back. It, I found it interesting for the dynamic of this film because like I, it's all right. So today is Sunday and we record on Sundays and, you know, I hadn't seen this movie before tonight. So I asked Colin, I said, hey, do you recommend that I go see a good person? And he sends me a devil emoji and says, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I type back in all caps, God damn it, why did I do that? So he sends another devil emoji and he says, Zach Braff has an amazing cinematic voice <laughs> with another devil emoji. <laughs> then I don't respond. I get another devil emoji and it says, Florence Pugh is a very convincing opioid addict with another devil emoji. So I tell him, I might compromise and just read the script in a coffee shop with my friend Dylan. I go, damn, actually, I should try to read the script. So I go online and I try to find the script. And when I type that in, I get all these like weird results of like articles surrounding this movie, all of which showed Zach Braff in his uh, scrubs outfit for some reason because they don't have a current picture of him. 
Um, I couldn't find the actual script, but people were, yeah, that's where I learned that, yeah, uh, he wrote this script while living with Florence Pugh uh, and would lock her out of his room so that she couldn't see what he was working on because it's going to be like the role of her lifetime. But you're telling me it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I have such contempt for this kind of movie, which is yeah. like very self-serious film um, that just is not as smart as it thinks it is. Yeah. And like just has cracks showing all over. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm There's just a different kind of person that maybe this works for. But I was uh, just really sick to my stomach watching it. Justine's not as biased as I am. I don't know. Did you, you didn't like this either. And that's how I know it's a shitty movie. If I check with her and she hates it. Um, first of all, it was 10 hours long. Was... And we saw her born and we saw her die. <laughs> and in between, you know, some other things happened. But uh, I hate this trope of the manic pixie dream girl right. who I clocked as being this character before I knew that he was responsible for the original <laughs> manic yeah, pixie uh, garden dream girl. State, yeah. Um it's the same thing. Let me show her singing a song on a piano. First of all, right. let me backtrack for a moment. I'm going to I'm going to tag on to your thing when if you're yes, talking about music. I am. Okay. Like basically it opens with her singing at a piano. At her own engagement party. <laughs> and um, just like, this is so great. Thanks, everybody. For yeah, being here. With a rapt group of attendees yes. of the most like uh, ethnically and gender well, diverse black. group of people. She's herself. Which you would never guess based on the words that are that they're given or anything else no. in the movie. This is a this is a so so just for those keeping track this is a middle-aged white guy writing 20-year-old black man and white woman. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Weird that it didn't work. Yeah. And 80-year-old black man. Yeah. Oh. So he's everything but what he is. He's writing he wrote, for. Wait, he wrote lines for an 80-year-old black guy. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, uh, Colin, can you go ahead and tell me what it sounded like? Um <laughs> I'd love to. God damn it. I can't do it. I don't do a good Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Who does? Oh, is it Morgan Freeman? It's yes. Morgan Freeman. Oh, okay. You want to know something fucked up? Okay. So it's Morgan Freeman and his, Jesus Christ. This is, uh, will we'll this arbitrarily stop this at some point? I know this is going to go on for so long. He's the, the part of this, his book ended with Morgan Freeman is a cop. He is the dad of Florence Pugh's uh, fiance. fiance and his sister who she kills. So she essentially gets in a car crash that kills um, uh, Morgan, Freeman's, Morgan daughter. Freeman's daughter. Oh, you killed my daughter. Yeah, that's what he sounds like. And he is in a basement with trains. He's a model train guy. And um, <laughs> uh, you might think, you know, it's like people like trains because they are in charge of their world and they can control their world. And at some point she's like starts. So because she has, we're getting it, skipping around here, but because she is hooked on these opioids after the um, car crash, she starts going to AA meetings and meets Morgan Freeman. Whoa, what a small world. And so she's, you know, Morgan Freeman shows her his trains and he's like, uh, I've been down here playing God too long. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, they really brought up the God thing. Okay. Iconic. Oh, yeah. That's the reference. I mean, okay. I mean, okay. okay. I didn't know you were Bruce Almighty head. Who isn't? Respect. Anyways, so yeah, he's uh, it's okay. Sorry, 
she's playing to a rapt audience in like a loft in, I guess, Jersey. Yeah, it's in New Jersey. It's very in New Jersey. You see them, I guess, after the party or something. And she's like, this is so exactly like if I had to, like if you chat GPT a script <laughs> yeah. of a movie like this, it would have these scenes in it where it's like, She's on the bed, kicking her feet back and forth, only wearing underwear and a band t-shirt. She's like, I'm so high from that gummy you gave me. He, he, he. <laughs> oh, and God. he's like, I just like your butt. And then I'm going to stand up on the bed and dance around. I don't even know what that was about. He was like, you should get a job. And she's like, I'll be a dancer. And so she's like dancing. They fully do the part where she's like, then like gets on top of him and they like put the sheet over their heads and right, the camera's right. under the sheet. Like yeah. you're really doing this. Classic, <laughs> the classic dead wife uh, movie <laughs> shot. Yes. Damn. Anyway, yeah. And then she gets into the wreck and then she becomes a different kind of manic pixie dream girl. She cuts her own hair. What? That's not like scissors. the other girls. That's not like the other girls Ooh. at all. And her mother, Molly Shannon, as Molly Shannon, <laughs> is telling her, why did you get your own hair? You need to get a job. <laughs> and yeah, she's just like running around in like a Nick Cave t-shirt, cut off sleeves. Oh no. Um, no again, with not, this. that is so unlike all the other girls. Well, yeah. And she's, you know, she likes Fleetwood Mac. What? That's and not like Rolling other girls Stones. at all. Fleetwood Mac and Stone? Yeah. So, again, not wow. like the other girls. No. And she wears a big sweatshirt. Whoa. She wears like kids clips in her hair that she That's stole from a drugstore. Oh, but you, she, know, you know what it is? It's because we're not used to it because they're in the garden state. Mm. We don't see that often. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't excessively swear or anything, does she? Oh, only like all the time. What? She's constantly so swearing? So does Morgan Freeman. <laughs> sure. Wow, it's like it's everyone. Yeah. So everyone in this movie has the same voice, you're saying? Yeah. Weird. You know, if you close but your they're different eyes characters, but... and you kind of like da-da shifted all the lines around. It wouldn't make a difference? Not at all. Weird. Because yeah. they're such completely different backgrounds. Yeah. One is a Vietnam veteran and a former policeman. The other is uh, his granddaughter, who's a teenage girl. Yeah, she's a 16-year-old soccer player. Other's an adult girl, <laughs> and there's Molly Shannon's mom. And you're saying that all of this dialogue is just completely interchangeable with them? Yeah. Oh, what a coincidence. So all you keep seeing, basically, is her trying to get pills because like her doctors won't give her any more prescriptions, and so she's going and hitting people up. And it's like, okay, that's... You know, something that addicts do where she's like, I'm not an addict. I just need some pills. And it's like she starts trying to blackmail people she knows and reaching out to people and alienating friends because she's trying to get a fix. And then eventually she's like, I need to go to rehab. And she goes to something anonymous. He's, yeah. he, he says it's AA. She says it's AA. She says it's She's NA. in there for... She says AA and NA. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> She's hey. We're here for A. What do you want? I'm an A. I need to go here. Right. And um, she's with Morgan Freeman there. And so she starts kind of trying to get better. But then there's this whole uh, element of the there is a daughter who has been orphaned by this car accident. And she feels really guilty, of course, about this. Morgan Freeman has now been... Um, charged with taking care of this girl this teenager and he has no idea how to raise a teenager he's like 100 years old and she's out of control because of the trauma that she's had so a large part of this movie is her connecting with this um i guess her (laughs) 
her ex future niece. Jeez, <laughs> um, this kind of sounds like a lot of like almost two entirely separate storylines yeah. that are just kind of smashed together like so many G.I. Joe figures. Yeah. I was really it's really offensive because it's like, okay, she keeps slipping back. And then, oh, okay, she's coming back. She realizes she needs help. Oh, she keeps slipping back. Oh, no, she's okay now. Uh, now she's, you know, she has withdrawal, but it's not that bad. She's kind of itchy, you know. And uh, I hate movies like this because it's like, what is it supposed to show us? That addiction is bad, right. which we know. They don't really talk about <laughs> like she was pushed, on, like opioids were pushed on her. Okay, lot, this happens to a lot of people. And she has a network, you know, right. of people who are trying to help her. She says something like, I think I really need to go to like an inpatient rehab. And her mom's like, well, we don't have money for that. We don't have insurance. What are you going to do? She uh, lives with her mom. Her dad is out of the picture. And she's like, well, do you think dad would give me some money? And she's like, I don't want to talk to that man ever. He left us. And she's like, that's true. But... He left her a Rolex watch right. in the attic of her dollhouse when he left the family. So don't worry. Yeah. She just pawns the Rolex and pays for her rehab, <laughs> does rehab, starts swimming again, which she ditched when she was 12 because yeah. her dad left. Oh, but guess what? The granddaughter played soccer again, too, which she used to do. So it's like their lives are like similar. Yeah. She was like, she becomes friends with that daughter. And then she's like, you should play soccer. But she gets better, of course. And then uh, Morgan Freeman's like, okay, good job. That's it. You know, <laughs> like everything's fine. She, I mean, I guess she doesn't quite get back together with her ex-fiance. Right. Um, turns out she was the one who dumped him because she was all messed up. And she was like, I wanted to die. She has like survivor guilt and stuff. And he's kind of moved on. When she finds that out, she's really sad about it. But uh, they're fine. Everything's cool after she gets clean. I it's don't like know. a like a life goes on. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh man, here's what. Oh god, this is just grade A stupid. So <laughs> Morgan Freeman has a tattoo on his wrist. It's uh, <laughs> the Latin phrase. Amor fati. Amor fati, right? And this is everything. There's there's. Oh, chef's kiss. It was either Stupid. that or memento mori. He has a morfati on his on his wrist. He reaches over to get something. This is like when she's just getting into rehab, right? And so they're kind of like freshly reacquainted. And she's like, what does that tattoo mean? And he's like, some <laughs> things are better left a secret. I don't, this is a secret. He's like, all right. And then he dies in the movie of old age, like natural causes. And he leaves a, a envelope and in the envelope, it's like, Amor Fati means to love your fate. And that's what we got to do is love our fate. Um, she didn't mean literally what those words mean. It's why one would have that tattoo, which is not really explained. It's like, you know, you have a you have a, a snake on your arm and someone's like, oh, what's that tattoo mean? Uh, it's a snake. It means snake. it's a reptile. Yeah. It's a creature on Earth. He uh, unlocked Latin for her. <laughs> it's not. She doesn't need it translated. She means why do you have that tattoo? What does it mean to you? And like the grand finale, the ending of it is like here's what this Latin words literally mean. <laughs> and that is everything you need to know about this movie. 
Except for, I also need to mention, me and Dylan watched Southern Gospel uh, last week, two weeks yeah. ago, I forget. And I was like, man, that music fucking sucked. Like, that was the <laughs> shittiest okay. fucking music I ever heard. And that might as well be the fucking soundtrack of the year next to this music. This music is somehow worse. No. Listen. I didn't think there would be music yeah, why? in this movie. Based this on everything the shins. Listen, you get uh, like... So many shots of just her playing original compositions oh, no. on, a, on piano. a piano, and like she has that kind of voice, like what a, the like husky, like uh, you know, serious music girl's voice over a piano, and like Where it's like I'm broken. Can yeah. you deal with it? Like literal original compositions that basically sounds like that. Yeah, I mean w- lyrically, and like yeah, it's that kind of just you know. Serious music songwriter girl voice, you know? Like, okay, listen, I know I'm going off the rails here. She, they open up with her doing After Hours from the Velvet Underground. Like, just think for a second <laughs> of how understated and quiet the performance of that song should be if Lou Reed, <laughs> a monotone mumbler, was like, you know what? I'm too, I'm too, too rocking for this. I'm going to give it to Maureen Tucker. She's going to sing talk the song. And it's a beautiful song, not because the song itself, but because it's like delivered just so earnestly and quietly. That that's the real important part of that song. But it is just sung with no regard like that. It is just like oh, when you close the door yeah. at her own engagement party yes, to her friends, just performing <laughs> to her she friends. She then calls on to sing along, and they all know it. And that's the, that's the cover song, which is, that's one thing. But then she's doing original compositions. Okay, when she's, she's down hanging out with Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, in real life, I've done the math. He's 85 <laughs> years old. There, she, there's like a little, uh, like... Uh, it's like, a microphone. Yeah, a microphone thing. Like you click it, you go, so that in the train world, right, which, which Morgan Freeman uh, views over, you could be like, all aboard, we're... Signing up, you know, so so bad. She breaks this uh CB radio thing out and starts singing, Take the last train to Clarksville. You can meet me at the station. I'll be there. Say the next line of that song. Anyone in this room? Last train to Clarksville. Meet you at the station. Next line. Give a hundred dollars to someone that can. No, I'll be there. I hope you're waiting there. Something like that. I don't know. Basically, <laughs> no one yeah, really knows. Take the last train to Foxdale. I'll be there at four thirty. You'll see some something something, and then and then it goes into like the like. Basically, what I'm trying to say here is she starts singing this song on a microphone at Morgan Freeman, an 85 year old man who then joins in and starts singing like the verse of the song, the rest of the chorus of a song that no one in this room could just shoot from the hip and say this guy who was he would have been 28 years old when this song came out it's a monkey's song the monkeys were like children entertainers yeah. in the 60s and he has this song committed to memory enough to where this broad just bringing in an <laughs> impromptu singing for no reason without you know uh, provocation starts rattling off this song because there's trains you see <laughs> And he joins in no problem a vietnam veteran a former police officer Jersey. A, a Jersey police officer is going to just, oh, and I'll be there at 430 and I'll meet you yeah. at the thing. Oh, like no, a, no, like no. Terrible alcoholic. <laughs> also, like a violent alcoholic who hurts his children when he's drunk. 
monkeys. <laughs> you see what I'm saying when I say that Aubrey... So you're, you're saying it should have been Onyx Slam, and he should have been like, Onyx hit you in the face. I mean, it would have been like before... Like he, She just shouldn't have been singing. Nothing, there's no reason for her to sing at all in the whole movie, and there's so much of it, there and is it's a so lot atrocious. Of singing. Okay, like... Did there, it feel like a role that a dude wrote for his girlfriend yes. that there was on the outs with? And there is a yeah. full like five minutes of some original composition, and her just like slow-mo walking through her inpatient place yeah it's like a montage swimming. like music yeah video it's like stuff. okay this is her spending her time at the place but yeah music video full song <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're sitting there you wish you were watching a movie even if it was this movie rather than this music video post sobriety she's in a nightclub singing a song <laughs> on a piano yeah. another song <laughs> she wraps up the song right she says i have cds for sale <laughs> at the coat rack because I am also the coat check girl. So come see me at the coat check. I will sell you a compact disc. I'm starting to think the photos of Zach Braff in Scrubs are recent. <laughs> There's nothing has changed or aged Jesus in this man's mind. <sighs> you, you done? I don't even okay. Know. Don't watch this movie. I can't even. I'm not even going to come up with a funny pun. Now, unfortunately, you know what? I don't think Florence Pugh is a bad actor. No, she's she, pretty good. Uh, I I don't know of anything I have ever seen her in that I've liked, but I don't <laughs> think she's a bad actor. And then Midsommar would and, be like the thing that broke her through. Yeah. But I don't care about a fucking Wicker Man ripoff where they just prance around in the field. And yeah, give and, a shit. and and Morgan Freeman's in it legendary Morgan Freeman's good as shit (laughs) listen here's how fucked up uh this again I'm thankful for this movie because it makes me really appreciate Morgan Freeman because he's Mm -hmm. working with a dog shit brain dead script and fucking doing his goddamn job and delivering and he is the only thing in this movie that's like cool to watch in action so shout out to Morgan Freeman he's doing his goddamn job imagine you give him something fucking good to work with holy shit I did read that uh Zach Braff had to beg Morgan Freeman to be involved. So they like, was, yeah. he did this uh, other movie with him, Going Out in Style, okay. or Going in Style, which I think is a, I think that's a senior cinema. It's a bunch of old guys and I'll they want to, they want to die. Oh yeah, with like Robert De Niro and all them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did two other movies other than Garden State. He did Wish, Wish I Was Here, which I have no idea about in Going in Style, okay. which has Morgan Freeman in it. Hence he can get him to be in an absolute dog shit movie like this, Damn. but also fucking perform. So shout out to Morgan Freeman. I'll yeah. say that. It's an unfortunate situation yeah. for them to be in. Abysmal Watch, one of my least favorite movies of the year. No. Yeah. It's out. Yeah, I will say no. Sorry. I know they tried. Maybe. <laughs> There's, um, this is like maybe an aside. There is something, and I can't think of what it is, but it's the, um, it sounds like a Diane Kruger effect, but it's the thing where people who. Um, Dunning-Kruger effect. Okay, yeah. So the people who are like bad at stuff estimate that they're way better at it than they yeah. are and then people who are good at stuff estimate yeah. that they're a little worse at it right. than they really are that's what this movie feels like i'm the best i know what i'm doing good movies i am making a serious film for serious people yes <laughs> yeah and then you made this uh, <laughs> this is in my bottom four for sure the only movie i could think of that was worse than this for sure was marlo for me yeah that was that was a worse movie than this. But there's only four movies this year that I've watched that I've actively disliked, and this is one of them. Well, we can teaser this, right? And we can, I don't know how much of this we can in, include in this uh, episode or what, but I want to do like the quarterly report next ep, right? So 
We got a whole list we'll get to, maybe hand out some awards, <laughs> sort it out. I have some plans. But, uh, do you have, do you have yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going to try a fun activity. I didn't know that you had plans for an award show, but what I did. Well, this is, is a preamble. Yeah, we'll, here's, here's, here's the, yeah we're, we're yeah, prepping. All we're right, shooting so from the hip here. I printed out a list of all this quarter's films that we've seen or at least covered. So you can have a, a frame of reference. Now, obviously, this isn't yes. going to have actors and such, but this is just something that like will jog your memory. And I kind of wanted to maybe go through this. This is uh, I, I didn't do a count, but this is, this fills up an entire sheet of, of paper. And um, I figured we'd go through last year's uh, favorite categories: spitballing. You know, maybe like who comes to mind first? Something kind of spontaneous versus something academic. Thirty-six movies, by the way. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. So we've seen thirty-six. I don't. I want to hold out till next week. Um, to for my final verdict. Yeah. yeah but just because who knows? Right now? Who right. knows? A lot of things can happen between now and then. So let's. Uh. All right. So if I said favorite supporting actress, is there anybody that jumps out at you from any of these? Um. I. You know, since I put this together, I already kind of wrote down a few. Um. I really liked. Mariana Trevino, who was uh, Marisol in Otto, the oh, first okay. movie we saw of the year. She was the one that was pregnant. I thought she was really sweet in that movie because she cared for Otto, you know, in the miserable wreck that he was. So that was the first one that really came to mind for me. Now I'll have, I'll do a deeper analysis. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. That was. I mean, I like the phone in Skinnamarink. I thought that <laughs> did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was great. Supported the story. Uh, I don't know, just a, you know, really shooting from the hip that uh, uh, the friend of of an age, which is like a front runner, I think, yeah. for yeah. like movie in general. Oh, if I when yeah. I have a hard time believing that's not going to be yeah. really in the upper echelons of uh, my the first quarterly report. Yeah, coming it next might even week. make it all the way through. It's Who strong. knows? That is a, yeah. that is a phenomenal film. I think it's my favorite film I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Definitely like uh, in the top three. But uh, yeah, she was. I mean. Just for being a fun character and not like just the same kind of thing you've seen over and over again. I love it. If you can be a terrible person on screen and like just not derail the movie. She just stayed it. Yeah, she didn't like, yeah, yeah. Awful person, (laughs) but did a good job at doing that. So definitely memorable. I got room. I got room in my, uh, I got room for that. Oh, the pigeon from inside. The pigeon? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was like second build. Yeah. Uh, but like, who's supporting an eighty for Brady? Oh, bro, the good yeah. fucking question. They're all supporting each other because yeah, they're right? all friends. Okay. Um, I would say the cast for eighty for Brady, entire yeah. cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the lady from Auto, and uh, the lady from uh, the Devil Conspiracy. Yes, <laughs> she did a great job. She killed it. Yeah. Wait, the uh, the like evil scientist lady, or uh, no? I'd say the well, both actually. I think the main one is just the main one, so I don't think she counts as supporting. No, I can, I'll, no put the the, evil I'll put sci- the evil lady. Yeah, the evil scientist the lady. The evil Satan. Oh, the evil sure. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liz. <laughs> Dang. Shoot, me, shoot, shoot another pre, pre yeah, lim, yeah. All right. Uh Do you recall any supporting actors offhand? I've put down, this is recency effect, uh, Richard Roundtree moving on. Just because I love seeing him on screen. Richard Roundtree was, of course, Shaft. You know, he's had a long, illustrious career. And to see him just in a really sweet role, I don't think it was necessarily a strong role, but it was just a nice surprise. So like I, I went off of uh, yeah, just off the hip. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll also shoot from the hip and say Lance Riddick because that's how the uh, academies do it. They just give it to someone who. Why couldn't they give know? him some a squib death instead of like some bad CGI blood? Anyway, Look. we don't we don't talk about that. All right. I'm gonna say Kid Cudi. Right? Ooh, <laughs> supporting actor. Ten out of ten <laughs> yeah. pick. 
Yep. A plus pick. I got, I got him in a different category, but all right. <laughs> uh, Luke Cage from Plane. Mm. Yes. But I don't know. I'd be like the lead. He was supporting. Yeah, he was supporting. More like the other guy supporting. Was the, was the all right. Lead, all yeah. right. There's a Gerard Butler vehicle yeah. Yeah. with, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, see? All right. What about uh, favorite girl boss? For reference, I put Emily. Megan. Um, it it is the answer is Megan. Um, ah shoot, Puss in Boots was last, last year. year. I was gonna say Florence Pugh from Goldilocks and Puss in Boots. <laughs> Dang, that'd be funny. Like, you, like, you, you come back right back around. Florence boom, boom, Pugh. bang, bang. Wow, that was Florence Pugh. Yeah, they did the voice. Yeah, I, I rocked Emily just because like she uh, she ended up you know publishing in spite of <sighs> pressure. Like, that is a, that is a classic girl boss. Yeah. In a pinch, I'll still have to, I'll have to say Megan. I know you guys didn't see it, but I'd probably say the girl from Broker. Oh, cool. That, that uh, Korean movie, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, she yeah. tried to give her baby away, then was like, nah, fuck it. I'll try and sell the baby. Damn, that is girl boss. <laughs> that is girl boss as it gets. Uh, you said Megan, Justine? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, favorite script? I got to go with, I think I could read Maybe I Do and, and be like, this is pretty fucking funny yeah you know what i mean i was thinking the same thing because yeah. it's like i my scripts i tend to like as scripts are like you know have that play feel to them yeah and that one is a very tightly wound one i was uh i, I was thinking the same thing in my preliminary mulling overs uh-huh. justine you got a script uh skin marink of course oh yeah i, mean, <laughs> I, I thought about skin marink skin marink was up <laughs> as there a script for, for sure it would probably be maybe I do. I'm trying to think of like what did I think was like witty. Yeah, uh, is yeah uh, <laughs> maybe it is basically like a a playwright. I did like the Magic Mike's Last Dance script, <laughs> like just straight up like opening with him, <laughs> air fucking. <laughs> yeah, like how does that read on the page? Yeah, that's like, see that. that's like oh, I maybe, like that. He made it work. All right, hit me with uh, your chillest vibe. Magic Mike. Magic Mike's your chillest vibe. All right, man. He was just himboing it up the entire time. I mean, it's pretty chill. Yeah. He didn't care what he's getting paid for. He's just going to go over there. Yeah. Yeah, just like, I'll get on a plane. I'll eat some fruit. Oh, I don't eat vegetables. I'll eat some cookies. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't fuck, fuck with, with vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. That is, that is a very chill vibe. So my, my front runners for chillest vibe are Lily Tomlin and Moving On and Kid Cuddy from House Party. Mm. And I, I think it's Cuddy. I think that weird gloopy thing from Ant-Man and the Wasp was pretty cool. I remember him being chill. Oh. Oh, that that um that dinosaur that got stuck in the tar in '65. <gasps> chill. That yeah. wasn't chill. Oh, the one they saved and then they got killed. Yeah. That might be like a uh, best child actor. I mean, he did get stuck. He did get out. Yeah. I, I would also have to put Jane Fonda from '80 for Brady. Oh, that she was, was definitely a chill. chill. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Same with her and that one other lady that ate the hot wings. Well, I don't know. I mean, then you're Sally Field. Yeah. Now yeah. we're now we're entering the Guy Fieri zone, and that's uh, he was chill. An argument too. I'm gonna say the in Cocaine Bear, the like the blonde guy that was in the gang that stabs people. Yeah, and then he was just like hanging out with them. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and the, that guy. That's Great an pull. amazing pull. Great pull. <laughs> All right, what about your favorite visual effects? Skinnerink. Might unironically be Skinnerink. No, no, no. Megan was fucking cool yeah. looking. Uh, then again, the magic flute did uh, deliver. Uh, that snake, man. The world ending and knocking the cabin. <laughs> as, as we learn from as, as we learn from the Oscars, it can mean anything. Yeah. You know. Oh, every, what the devil conspiracy yeah, devil period. Conspiracy. Oh, yeah. yeah, everything, every frame of the devil conspiracy. <laughs> it was so awesome. I like I like that. I like John Wick four, and then uh, Megan. 
I can't believe the Devil Conspiracy still isn't streaming anywhere. Is it? I not that I know of. Waiting for the physical. <laughs> yeah, steel book. <laughs> I mean, when they come out, then they go on. That's <laughs> a, so unfortunate that the most psychotic movie I've seen all year is just going to be buried by dust and forgotten. Re-release by summer blockbuster. <laughs> I wonder if we'll be able to buy it at some point. Like, like actually own it. Like yeah. we can distribute it. Oh, oh we, like we, the we rights do, to it. Yeah, the rights. We can do the screenings. You know, Bro, it's, like, it's, a, it's a Regal so... Movie Masters Unlimited Joint. You know, <laughs> that movie kicks so much ass. Um, do you guys? Can you recall a child actor that stood out for you? Oh, um, the knock at the cabin. Yeah, she was adorable. Yeah, um, but I ended up uh, writing down Amy Donald, who played Megan, and uh, Christian Convery, who was in Cocaine Bear. He was a kid that did coke. Oh, oh he was he was cool. I like the little bears, though. I think they might be for child actors. Yeah, yeah, the little bears. In oh, Cocaine you know Bear? the the uh, Penelope, not Penelope Cruz's Selma, Selma Hayek's kid in uh, Magic Mike. You know what? That's a good pull. That was yeah, a good yeah. actress. Okay. Uh, um. Lucifer as a baby in in climbing out of the out of the monitor oh, of that? the ultrasound. Okay, okay. We might be moving toward end. a devil conspiracy sweep, you know. In the end, we'll yeah, see. we'll see. Um, I don't know if there was anything that really qualified, but favorite animated feature? Have we seen one? Uh, there's Amazing Maurice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw that, which I only saw. Yeah, I saw Shin Ultraman, which had some animation, so that'd have to be mine just by default. Yeah, I don't think I. Dang, that sucks. Have I not seen a cartoon this year? I mean, last year there was only like three, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, what about your favorite theater experience? Might have been John Wick. Everyone just shut the fuck up and watch the movie. I like that. <laughs> that They're just one. true, like Chad Wick respecters. I, I have to go with Cocaine Bear just because I love the dudes in front of us being like, man, you just got to fucking shoot the bear. <laughs> and then like people just like howling and I don't know. That, that was just rowdy. It was fun. I will say Southern Gospel was awesome because it was just me and Dylan in the theater. Screaming. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I, just, I considered the wedding planner just because like I was Oh, the in, wedding guys, hustler. Or wedding was, hustler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you guys were just already in there. Dylan's yeah. wearing a mask and I had just walked out of some other movie. I walked out of Missing. Yeah. And you guys were just laughing your ass off. I could hear you in the hallway. So yeah, that might be... Uh, that might be wedding hustler was cool. Yeah. See, how many times do you get to walk into a random movie and it was like filmed in your like city? That's so cool. <laughs> Justine, did you have a uh, a favorite theater experience? Um, the Wedding Hustler was probably the funniest mm-hmm. slash funnest. Yeah, I think Inside was also like it stuck with me just because it was like this is bizarre that this right, is right. showing in this movie yeah. theater right now. Yeah. So for opposite reasons, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Inside and Wedding Hustler. All right, we'll get into the really fun stuff. Uh, favorite actress in a lead. Um, I put down uh Sally from The Lost King and then Diane Keaton from Maybe I Do. I need to I need to rewatch that movie because I can't imagine it's as good as I remember it being without like again anyone talking about it or hearing about it at yeah. all. Like it can't be that great. I need to watch it again because in my mind it is like a 10, but it can't. It, it, Colin, it's a movie watcher's movie. I We're movie watchers. With, with actress is the question? Yeah, lead actress. Lead actress. Mm-hmm. I already picked the phone from Skin of Marine. The plane from Plane. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was, was a female plane. It was a female plane. Um, what's the girl's name in Missing? Let me say her. Mm. I forget good. her name. We'll find out next week. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I can't think of any good ones. Kind of 
weirdly like a lot of ensembles that have women other than the Lost King? That's a good point. Yeah, so far. I'm I'm tempted to say Emily just because she took up so much time on yeah, screen. Well, there's no way you could say Emily over uh, Lost King. Oh, yeah. Sally what are we Hawkins. talking about? Yeah. Sally Hawkins. There we go. Easy pitch. Yeah. Sally Hawkins. Uh, favorite actor? Defoe. Defoe. <laughs> That's not a question. <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, and, and, you know, it's an honor to be nominated. William H. Macy. Talk about just like face taking up time on a screen, man. Uh, that Defoe. Inside? That's not easy, man. Well, let's see and what Dylan's also done. Keanu. Yeah, but is that acting? He's fighting. Yeah. He's fighting. <laughs> yeah, he right. has to do a bunch of physical stuff. Well, yeah. He's we, acting with his body. Physical okay. acting. <laughs> Come on. Dylan, did you have a favorite actor? Uh, Got a couple options. We got, I'll say, Tom Hanks from Otto. Yes. Liked him. Um, I'll say Archangel Michael, Michael yep. from Devil Conspiracy. Yep. And the Skin and Marie monster, man. Or ghost, whatever that is. Yeah, the up at the very end. Yeah. yeah. Again, another movie I need to see again because I probably. I, I want to watch that movie at home and not pay attention and to scared. it. And fall asleep. And fuck around on your phone. I have memories of being like so enthralled, but. I feel like I could listen to it on headphones while I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Until that one yeah. part where it's like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it yeah. gets really loud. Too. Then it'll wake you up. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck. You just uh, got to time it right. What happens in the end, though? You'll be hitting REM sleep by then. <laughs> Here's one for the boys. Uh, favorite Sigma male? There's a lot of bangers. John, John Wick. Wick does count. Yeah, John Wick counts. And then you could say the two boys from Scream 6. Yeah. So you can also say the little kid from Skinamarink. So what would uh, Guy Fieri uh, qualify as in the context of that movie? Girl boss. Girl boss, okay. Facts. Honestly, yeah. You could say uh, inside guy, uh, Willem Dafoe, and inside. Yeah, yeah. I hate to see the Willem Dafoe sweep, but at the same time, if not Willem Dafoe, then who? John Wick or Willem Dafoe? Oh, Willem, okay. all the way. All right. Uh, you know, what did he say about the fire? I never mentioned my family. What's that tell you? Oh, ga 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 ga. I don't know why he did Direct that. Quote. He says that. <laughs> Who's uh? Who is? Who's uh, Austin Fortune from Operation Fortune? Is that uh, you counting that? Orson That's alpha? Fortune. Orson Fortune. That might be too alpha. Too might be too He's alpha. Just like whatever. I don't really need sex. What about the amazing Maurice? Uh, no, nah, it's a cat. And the get the <laughs> kid that he hangs out with gets the girl at the end. What about the rats? They're that's just a team. What about Dave Bautista? Too too much teamwork. He's under the four horsemen. Yeah. It's not the it's four horsemen, not the one horseman. He's not alone. If yeah. he was alone, then yes. But. What about that uh, weird Jesus guy in Jesus Revolution? The Jesus hippie? Yeah, I kind of look like Jesus, right, guys? Lonnie Frisbee? <laughs> oh, I just or like saying that name. Connie Frisbee. Which one? You know, you know what's fucked up? Though he does get married, you can kind of say the guy from Wedding Hustler. <laughs> he has to <gasps> oh, my work. God. You're right. You kind of say that. The guy from She Came From the Woods that kills the girl because she doesn't want to oh, make out with him. Goddamn oh. Chad. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah, that was actually the writer-director. God-tier Sigma. Good call. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite director. Uh, you don't have to name the person because sometimes that's tricky. You can name the movie. The Devil Conspiracy. <laughs> nice. I'm not taking away from that, but um, Of an Age, I thought, was just so yeah, that's, amazing. Uh, like, Goran Stolevsky. Jeez. Yeah, that, us, yeah, I've got that down. Getting those performances out is insane. I think... Um, Maybe like a 1B or 1C to that would be like Mark Forster for um, Otto. 
mm-hmm. uh, just because like to get those performances, like those are damn good performances, and yeah. it's like delicate subject matter, you know, it's like so it's a lot to navigate. Um, and then yeah, just honorable mention Elizabeth Banks like banging out Cocaine Bear, right, right, legitimately funny. Uh, who did Missing? Missing. The director, though, I think it was iOS 10. Yeah, is the director. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that was a good job. Screen record. There's a lot to put on screen. <laughs> it's a complicated story. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say it is like that's that is an impressive movie. Mm-hmm. Complicated, inventive, inventive and complicated. Mm-hmm. Dylan, did you have a favorite director offhand? Oh, I said the Devil Conspiracy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the Devil. The yeah. Devil. The, the Antichrist. Evil, that evil devil. Ultimate, Satan himself. The ultimate Lucifer. director. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, favorite movie? Oh, also the Devil Conspiracy. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I won't commit, but uh, I'm going to say Inside of an Age and Scream Six. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I, do. I do. Yeah, those were top three. Yeah, I've actually got Maybe I Do down, and I for some reason I wrote down Megan. I think I mean, since I just enjoyed it. Great so, movie. Yeah. Um, I think I'm with Colin with those three, yeah. but I also really like Missing. I just thought it was one of the most inventive movies that I've seen in a long right. time. And then I like John Wick because I like John Wick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a Devil Conspiracy because I like the Devil so Conspiracy. So fucking bonkers. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. That, there's okay, a lot on More here. so than maybe I do. I think the Devil Conspiracy was the like the surprise. Yeah. Uh, last category, Haters Ball, worst movie. All right. And Dylan Pick. Yeah, that's a great Ooh, question. Gator pick. Obviously, Dylan. Yes. We've heard your reviews. We know yeah. you like all these movies. Yeah, yeah. But there has to be one you like less than the others. Hmm. <sighs> Skin of Marink. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's either Skin of Marink or uh, Skin of Marink's just boring, but I get why, it, why Colin says it's very important. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. Don't get him started. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get him started. Don't get me started. <laughs> I'm going to join you there and say Skin Rink or Marlowe. Skin Rink, I was bummed out because I had high hopes for it. Marlowe, just bummed out because it was terrible. So my bottom four. <laughs> oh, wow. Here we go. <laughs> movies that I actively like can say that I disliked. Um, A Good Person, Infinity Pool, Jesus Revolution, and Marlowe. Damn, Infinity Pool makes it that list. I fucking hated it. I had so goddamn pretentious. I didn't know, I didn't know there, you, but I understand why he's putting it. I just didn't think you would care that much There's to so, hate it. It is just a whole fucking movie of nothing. Jesus Revolution is probably the worst movie I've seen. Marlowe was bad, yeah. but it did have some, like... Just, you know, cool period pieces, like some elements to look at. Yeah, Marlowe and a good person are also in the in the bottom tier. I think I have to give it to Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool is the worst movie Damn. I've seen. Jeez. At least Shocker. a good person yeah. had like some acting in it. Infinity I don't think- Pool thinks it's smart and thinks it's cool and it fails on all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. There was cum though. What's the best cum scene? Mm. I'd rather give it to them. We all mm-hmm. give it to them because it's uh, Skarsgård. Oh, uh, let me see. Hold on. No, I'm there has give to be it another cum scene, right? That, the, well, technically, you the guy from Emily. Yeah, not that you actually see it, but the guy from Emily comes, the uh, priest guy. I guess in Of an Age too, someone busts. Yeah, Of an Age is a way better cum scene. I mean, you don't see the cum. Uh, Magic Mike. There's no. There's no. No cum busting. No busting. No bust. Is there anything? In, she came from the woods. Ironically, like? the title. She came <laughs> yeah. in the woods. You would think yeah, yeah, yeah. someone would be busting. No one busts. <laughs> I hate how when we watch She Came, I call it She Came in the Woods to yeah. buy the ticket. And <laughs> oh, I was like, it's like, God damn it. And she laughed. 
All right. So yeah, that's um. That... No, 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 no. Twenty more minutes on this nutting <laughs> yeah, issue. Up. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Concentrating. It's crazy that a, a movie called Inside does not have nut busting. No, and you know, in all fairness, he's locked in that room for a long time. He's probably busting. The director's oh. cut. Just like it's nothing but bust. I mean, he's even he's even got the scrambled porno channel. I mean, yeah, they and, show that on screen. It's and it's a guy alone in a room for a long time. Yeah, didn't show us how he got such an affinity toward the cleaning lady. You know what I mean? Like that guy's busting. Yeah, but again, it's implied. All right, Dylan, take us away. Unlimited. Yeah! Hey, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited. Get your 12 sided die ready and join us next time when we talk about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. Hopefully, going to be really good. We also got His Only Son, an actual biblical biopic. We'll see how that compares to Christian church biopics, and we'll probably compare and contrast everything anyways anyways everybody we'll see you next week bye